Welcome back to Is It Horror? This is Season 3 bonus episode, The Exorcist Believer Review. I'm Joe. I'm Matt. And I am Steve. And unfortunately, we won't have Brianna and Mitz joining us for this one. If you have joined us before, normally we'll be talking about a film or another piece of media and discussing whether or not we think it qualifies as horror. But uh, with this episode, we're doing something a little bit different, which is just a review episode. We've done those few in the past. So we will not be asking if The Exorcist Believer is horror, but whether or not it is horrible. But before we get into that, I thought we'd kind of do a quick get-to-know-you corner, and I'm usurping Joe's corner control, and instead of what I figured we'd talk about just real quick is uh, whether or not we think demon possession is something that any of us believe could actually be possible or not. I guess for me, the the short answer is no, um, I, I don't. Um, I guess the slightly more in-depth question, or the slightly more in-depth answer is I don't know. Um, I guess I religiously I land pretty solidly in the agnostic realm um and I you know I'm I'm open to things I'm open to things that I don't understand or or can see uh but uh I I don't know I uh I read a book fairly recently um by Leslie Kane called Surviving Death that was kind of a uh it was a lot about like um near-death experiences and uh, people who've come back from that and their stories um and it's uh it's compelling it's it's interesting and you hear a lot of things about or, or in the book she talks with a lot of people and discusses a lot of those topics that i don't know it make it made me think made me kind of uh question some things and think about some things a little bit differently um so i don't i i don't think I, I don't I, I don't believe in I guess in like a traditional heaven and hell kind of situation um so I don't really believe in um like demon possession I guess but um I'm at least open to the ideas of like at least some kind of uh continued spirituality um I don't know what that means or looks like uh and I'm also open to that that's not a possibility I don't know um there's a lot of big question marks and um I'm I'm okay with being in a little bit of a um not totally sure about things place as far as that goes for me I think where I land on this is that Possession is basically just humanity trying to explain different mental or emotional illnesses um, rather than treating, trying to understand or treat the root cause of those sort of things. So I don't think that possession, as in the movie where they become rotten and fetid and those kind of things, exists. Uh, but I think that probably people have suffered mental illnesses throughout the entirety of humanity and we're now seeing those for what they really are but in olden times and even nowadays people are probably still thinking of them as demonic possessions so that's kind of where i lie on it <laughs> yeah i think that's my idea of it mostly lines up with 
kind of what you're both saying, at least for me, I, I guess I would wrap it up because I don't know that I have necessarily thing to add that I think is particularly different is I think the first time I saw the exorcist, I was very religious and I thought that that was a thing that could definitely happen. Uh, just a brief description there. I think nowadays I would view it. Yeah. As just undiagnosed mental health, mental illness issue of some sort. And that I don't have any particular evidence that I've seen that I think is compelling enough to, at this point, believe that something like that is possible. But, of course, if we, you know, have more evidence, if we receive more information, and it seems like that is a possibility, then, you know, I hope that I would be willing to change my opinion in light of better information. I mean, that's always the hope for anything, really, is to be able to change your opinion in light of better information. So, which is really how I came from being deeply religious to more of an atheist at this point. So, uh, yeah, I think that kind of puts this in a whole different context for me and something that at least going back and revisiting the original Exorcist, I connected a little bit more with, but we'll probably talk about that more in a sec. But yeah, that's about where I land on it. I don't think that something like this in the way that it is presented is a real possibility, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, that leads us into... The Exorcist Believer. So this is the new film from David Gordon Green. And uh, as we have covered before, he did the newer Halloween trilogy of Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. We did do a review episode on Halloween Ends. Of course, you can check that out. Uh, previous to that, he another big movie of his would be Pineapple Express, which is a completely different tone shift. Uh, as far as the writing on this, so we've got uh, David Gordon Green worked on this film, as well as Danny McBride, who also worked with him on Halloween Trilogy. Danny McBride has also worked on things like Vice Principals and The Righteous Gemstones, which, of course, he's worked on a lot of comedic efforts as well, but I would say Vice Principals, at least from seeing that. And I suspect The Righteous Gemstones, although I haven't seen any of that, uh, is probably more in the wheelhouse of this area, just because I think, I don't know, he's definitely capable of doing things that are more dramatic and don't have to be just in the comedy range of things. And then another writer on this film was Scott Teams, who had worked on Halloween Kills, the newer Firestarter movie that had Zac Efron in it, and then uh, most recently released Insidious movie, Insidious the Red Door. But the uh, back-of-the-box description, or rather the uh, theater description for this film is since the death of his pregnant wife in a Haitian earthquake 12 years ago, Victor Fielding has raised his daughter Angela on his own. But when Angela and her friend Catherine disappear in the woods, only to return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, it unleashes a chain of events that will force Victor to confront the nadir of evil and in his terror and desperation seek out the only person alive who has witnessed anything like it before, Chris McNeil. So normally at this point in the episode, we kind of go over some quotes and things attesting to the genre of the film from directors or writers or other people that worked closely in the production. Uh, but given as we we're reviewing the film, I thought we would tackle at least a couple things. One is at least a tweet slash Facebook post going around from Ed Whitfield. Now, Ed Whitfield is a writer who's written novels and a film critic and he happened to post a quote or at least a purported quote from William Friedkin before he had passed away 
regarding the fact that they were making this movie. So what he had to say in his post specifically was, William Friedkin once said to me, Ed, the guy who made these those new Halloween sequels is about to make one to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right, my signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. I don't want to be around when that happens, but if there's a spirit world and I can come back, I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. End quote. <laughs> so, of course, then there's a the question of, you know, I don't know a lot about William Friedkin's sense of humor. I know nothing about Ed Whitfield's sense of humor, so I'm not sure if this is something that's in jest, but of course people are sending it around as though that is a beyond-the-grave disendorsement of the exorcist believer. And uh, I guess I could, I see William Freakin as a fairly intense guy. So I suppose that's possible that it might be a thing that bothered him. But uh, anyway, I figured, I guess we address it. Have you guys heard that quote running around the internet these days? I hadn't seen it on the internet. I just, I, I, we talked about it, you and I, Steve, but that that's as, that's as far as I had seen it. I guess that's one of those things I feel like it doesn't necessarily have any bearing on what the film is or isn't. It's either going to be good or not good. So whether or not someone sharing their opinion of what they thought William Friedkin would think of the film also doesn't really matter. I mean, I can respect the guy's opinion if indeed this is his opinion and indeed we've got the proper context for what that opinion is. Um, but I guess... I don't. I think it's interesting, but I don't think it has any bearing on the quality of this film one way or the other personally but anyway i figured it was worth bringing up since it's been making the rounds and then i thought also we kind of take a quick look at the rotten tomato scores for the previous exorcist films as they exist so there's the original trilogy which is the exorcist the exorcist 2 heretic and the exorcist 3 uh, sometimes called the exorcist 3 legion and then there was an attempt at a prequel movie that had some uh upheaval during the development process because the studio wasn't happy with how it was turning out so they turned it over to someone else and they made the movie as the exorcist at the beginning and then they went back to the original director after that was poorly received and said hey do you want to put your own cut together of what you had already been working on and that came out as dominion prequel to the exorcist i have seen dominion prequel to the exorcist but not exorcist the beginning and then on top of that, there's the Exorcist TV series, of which there were two seasons. So uh, the original Exorcist has a critical score on Rotten Tomatoes of 78% and an audience score of 87%. The Exorcist 2 Heretic from 1977 has a critical score of 11% and an audience score of 13%. Uh, the Exorcist 3 has a critical score of 59% and an audience score of 57%. And then the Exorcist The Beginning has a critical score of 11%, audience score of 27%, Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. That is literally the title. I'm not just saying that for context. It's Dominion colon prequel to The Exorcist. Anyway, it's a critical score of 30%, audience score 25%, and then The Exorcist TV series is a critical score of 89% and 91% for the audience. So all that to say, as far as the films go, Mostly they've been critically panned, except for the original, obviously, which everyone views as a complete horror classic, and it is. And then uh, it's a little bit middling or undecided as far as The Exorcist 3. My personal opinion is that it is also a very good movie. I don't know if I'd say that it's quite as good, but I think it is very good. And uh, I think that the 
scores on the other films are deserved. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll get into how this one was scored on Rotten Tomatoes in a sec. So let's get into this. So again, as mentioned, uh, so we don't have Brianna or Mitz here with us on this particular episode. Uh, so it's just going to be us three guys. But uh, what do we think? The Exorcist Believer, is it horrible? How many crucifixes out of five do you give it? Uh, um, I I would give it two. Two crucifixes out of five. I think I'd be a little more generous with it. Maybe give it three in it. Well, maybe just three. I think I'd also give it two, I would say. Um, all right. Well, before getting into the film, how familiar with the Exorcist films were you before this? Have you seen any of them? Have you seen the original? What was your experience with it previous to this film? Uh, for me, I, I've seen the original uh, a few times, and I've seen the third one. Did we watch the second one, Steve? Now I'm not even remembering. No, we did not. Okay, well, I, so uh, I've just seen the first one and the third one. Um, and I, I don't have a burning need to go back to any of the others. Although I guess it's interesting to see that the, the TV show was pretty highly rated. Um, I don't know if that's worth going to, but I guess as far as my, I'm probably pretty content with just the two at this point, or well now three, I guess, if you include this one. So I've actually never seen any Exorcist movie until I saw this movie. So this is the only Exorcist film you've seen? This is the only Exorcist movie I've ever seen. Interesting. Okay. So for me, I have at this point seen all of them except for The Exorcist, The Beginning. Um, as Once I learned that Exorcist, The Beginning, and Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist, were basically two films cut from the same production, I figured I would watch the better of the two. I don't know how different they are, but basically The Exorcist, the beginning, is the only one that I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen the TV show either and have been wanting to. So I had watched The Exorcist, the original one, as I kind of mentioned earlier, when I was a lot younger and I was a lot more religious. And uh, it was probably one that was I thought was pretty intense, at least for me, and pretty scary for me, uh, just going along with the idea that my belief system at the time was that this was, in fact, something that could happen. Maybe not in the religious persuasion in the way it's presented in the film, but um, at least in some form that it was a thing that could happen. So I guess that's kind of my experience with it, is seeing that and then seeing the the Exorcist, the version you didn't see in theaters, so the kind of uncut one that they released in the early 2000s. Um, it was probably around 2003 or so like that, I think, for the anniversary of it at the time. But yeah, so I guess this probably won't kind of kick in, at least for you, Matt, but I was going to see, you know, what things people liked about the original film. And uh, also, I guess, just how do you feel about possession films on the whole? Uh, I won't. I wouldn't say that it's my favorite horror sub subgenre. In fact, it might be one of my lower <laughs> lower tier subgenres. So I don't know. They don't really speak to me very well. Um, so it's. I, I guess if there's 
if there is a good one, it's maybe the first exorcist. Um, and I, I guess that maybe sounds a little harsher than I mean it, but I do like the first one. Um, I think it's interesting, but I think the things that make it interesting aren't necessarily the actual possession and the demon and all that stuff. I think it, uh, the, what makes it interesting is more of the kind of, I guess, more in-depth looked at, at a few of the characters and, um, kind of their journey. Cause in the first one, you've got the priest who's questioning his beliefs a little bit and questioning whether he should be a priest and that kind of thing, or at least that's my interpretation of it. And it's just kind of interesting to watch him kind of go through his process of that. And then for you, Matt, since you haven't seen the original, um, I guess, what did you previously know about it? And then how do you feel about the demon possession subgenre of horror? I knew that the Exorcist movie, like the original Exorcist, was kind of something that everybody sees as quintessential horror, but the graphics kind of are so goofy that it's kind of fallen into the realm of like comedy for a lot of people just because of that transition with the special effects and things like that. Um, so that's really all I knew. I haven't really watched too many demon possession type horror movies uh, because I'm generally not a fan of like ghosts or things like that and I feel like ghosts and demons kind of fall close very closely in the same realm for me so it's not something that I really sought out but I think what I was maybe I guess I shouldn't have been as surprised but I was sort of surprised with how much this movie seemed to be about religion or maybe it was a lot about religion but it was also a lot about like people wanting to believe in something kind of a thing um or bringing people together so it was kind of like they were showing religion in the 2023 light where they were just trying to relate to people who maybe aren't religious and saying well it's just about bringing people together kind of a thing so I was surprised that the movie was more about that because when I my horror that I usually am watching tends to be or a lot of the horror that I see lately is more of that like violence porn or gore porn kind of sort of horror things that are happening and there isn't kind of like a feel good message and story behind it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so to get into the movie, I guess I figured we kind of section this off a little bit differently than we've done some of our reviews in the past, which is basically to kind of talk about what was good about it first, and then maybe we'll get into what was bad about it after that. So to sort of start out, uh, what story elements did you like about this film? What worked for you? Uh, so I I did like that, what you're talking about, Matt, with the like as far as kind of how it approached religion a little bit and kind of how it's like, well, you know, this is, religion is about like people coming and like worshiping God, but it's also like just about just as much about like people coming together and helping each other and that kind of thing. And I thought that was, I thought that was a really positive message and I liked that. And I, I for me personally, if there is any value in um, organized religion, uh, that's what it is. It's uh, um, people coming or people helping each other and being there for each other. 
Uh, so I did like that, but I guess maybe this gets into some of the bad because like I feel like it it didn't pay that off for me as much as I wanted it to, and it kind of threw that under the bus a little bit. But we we'll get into that I think a little bit more um, a little later. But yeah, uh, I think that's probably its strongest point, the strong the strongest story element at least for me. I. I was so kind of, I'm so used to the typical tropes in movies regarding religious, religions and religious figures that I was like almost a hundred percent sure that like the priest, like the kind of blonde haired priest reverend guy was going to have like some kind of dark secret or like, like I was a hundred too good. Like I was a hundred percent thinking that the movie was gonna go there, that it was, but it, or like the daughter of the girl who spoilers who dies, like I really thought that he was gonna be like abusive father and but like that's how triggered that's how trained I am for those kind of horror movie tropes. Uh, so it was just weird that this movie was, it was almost like this was a religious movie produced by an actual church, but then had some real scary, a few real scary elements. (laughs) I think for me looking at the film, I think the good things about it, as far as the story goes, I think is kind of the same thing of it's. When they made the original Exorcist in 73, I think that the country was at least seen as predominantly Christian. And so I think some of those sort of Christian ideals were still presented and maybe taken for granted that an audience could accept them. And I think that it's at least sensible for this film to approach it with the idea that that's not necessarily the demographic, the predominant demographic of the country anymore. And so to approach the idea of an exorcism and demon possession from kind of like a more inclusive worldview of, well, there could be all these different faiths and bringing people together. I I do think that those ideas in the script were good. I think those concepts were good. I also think that the relationship between the father and his daughter, the, the specifically the main ones that we dealt with the most in uh, Victor and Angela, I think were presented well. I think they did a good job of at least giving you a sense of what their relationship was to each other. So I thought those kinds of things were pretty good. And I think that overall the acting for the two girls in the their possession sequences were were fairly well done. Um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying I think they ought to get Oscars for it or anything, but I think that, I think they did a good job with what they were given to do. And I think they kind of worked well and you could kind of tell that they were probably having fun with it. I think, I don't know. I would be shocked to find that the two girls weren't having a blast portraying these possessed demon children. So I think at least, I know it's a weird thing to say, at least in terms of an exorcist film, that's supposed to be kind of dark and foreboding and about children being possessed to say, I feel like I could tell they were having fun, but I feel like that's at least something that came across to me. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, uh, 
I don't have necessarily anything great to add to that, but I, I guess I would just say you mentioned their acting and I, I felt like on the whole, like everybody did a pretty good job acting wise. Like maybe there's some stuff I'm forgetting about, but for the most part, I felt like it was pretty well, like every, everybody, all the actors did a pretty good job. I especially think that the kids were really good and the father, I don't know what his, what the actor's name is. Um, the main character father. <laughs> that would be Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, that's Leslie Odom Jr.? What the hell? I know Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, he did a really, he did a really great job. Yeah, he's uh he was uh Aaron Burr in the Hamilton musical. Oh, okay. So, I'm a big fan of Hamilton and so yeah, it's weird that he didn't sing at all in the movie. But yeah, I'm not surprised <laughs> cuz I do think he's a really good actor and he did really well in this movie. So, I just didn't recognize him. <laughs> I I didn't make that connection at all either. That's crazy now that you bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, so who do you think, at least that's a good segue into, uh, like, what were the standout characters? Who did you like the most? Who did you connect with the most? Um, yeah, like, I really liked Leslie Odom Jr.'s character. Um, and I'll wait to the bad to discuss the other characters. <laughs> oh, it's like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things for me is, like, uh, I agree with that. I liked his character um, and then with everybody else, I will say, like, I, I we just didn't spend enough time with any of them for me to, like, really get attached to them. And it was there was maybe too many people that they wanted you to kind of be attached to. But I guess kind of as we kind of discussed earlier, or Matt, what you were saying about, like, oh, you were waiting for the blonde-haired priest guy to become a bad guy or the father or something like that. I, I will say that, like, the little we did find out about each of the characters, like, at the, f I was, I was just like you said, man, like, I was ready to be, I was ready to dislike almost everybody. And, like, the nurse at the beginning, like, uh, uh, you know, yelling at him for leaving their garbage cans on the, on the sidewalk and just, like, I could just see her being, like, just a pain, in, um, for the movie but then you know we find out a little bit more about her and then like she actually sincerely wants to help and then that kind of thing and then like it turns out like all of them as the movie goes on um just want to help i mean they some of them do it in really weird ways like breaking into their house and stuff like that that that's annoying and irritating to say the least yeah, and I, I wouldn't excuse that at all but like at least when you find out when you see what you do see of their motives like I think they're positive so I guess for my part I didn't end up like really disliking anybody um, and even the father of the girl who died and you know he kind of ended up being the kind of weakest link in their chain um, like you could see like just the struggle he was going through and not again excusing his actions by any means but i feel like there's some like there's some relatable um feelings going on in him um so yeah i guess that's where i was at with most of the characters i just all of that to say though that like i i just didn't feel like i could actually really connect with almost anybody yeah, I think 
as everybody said, I think Victor's character, I I liked him. Well, at least I was interested in him, I guess. I, I found the character compelling enough. And I thought the neighbor, I was interested in her too. I think that actress, I think that she did a good job as well. So I think those characters particularly were standouts. Um, I think that Victor's daughter in the movie, Angela, I thought, you know, she was she was interesting enough. Um, you don't end up spending a lot of time there either. So like you said, Joe, I think there's just a lot of, uh, you don't get to connect as much with everybody as you wanted to, but we'll get into that in just a sec. So I guess those would be the standouts for me is uh, Victor and Anne particularly. I guess, how did, do you think, was there anything good that you noticed or that you would have to say about the uh, nods and elements coming back from previous films? Or at least if you were, Matt, you haven't seen the original, how did you feel about Chris McNeil's character? in the film uh was was there anything good there that you wanted to cite before we get into the things we didn't like about the film um for for my part i guess it was interesting to see chris mcneil's character back uh but the i i can't <laughs> i guess i have a hard time talking about it without having that be part of the bad section so i can leave it as i i thought it was interesting to see her there um but i wish they would have done that a little differently yeah i uh don't obviously i didn't see the first uh movies or any of the other ones but it did feel like sort of a cheap kind of introduction to her in kind of the a requel fashion like we're gonna get this kind of big name person there from pre from the previous films and get her on the screen and then it was just like i don't know it felt like she was not used in a very interesting way to me i think interesting trivia wise one of the things that i've seen and we don't usually get a lot into politics on this i suppose that it's probably apparent at least as you've listened to the episodes where we might lean politics wise but one of the things that i've seen kind of out there is people citing some of chris mcneil's sequences as being woke quote unquote but i think it's like she really has a line of dialogue about her her thought process on why she wasn't in the room for the exorcism. And I think it is kind of funny because they're like, Oh, you know, well, why don't you think, you know, why weren't you allowed in there? And she's like, oh, honestly, because of the patriarchy and apparently uh, conservative media, at least some sites I've seen latch onto that a little bit and be like, Oh, the movie hasn't been doing well because it's woke, but it's like, it's seriously a singular line of dialogue. And you really can't argue that there isn't a patriarchal structure to pretty much every Christian religion, specifically as they bring up here, Catholicism. Like I, however you feel about it, that's fine. That's up to you. But I don't think you can deny that that is also the case, that it is a patriarchally set up religion. So anyway, I just found that a bit absurd. It's not the movie's not being reviewed poorly because it's woke. It's being reviewed poorly for all the reasons we're about to get into. So we'll go ahead and get into that, which is uh, all right. Let's talk about the bad side of what story elements did you dislike about this film? 
Well, um, all right, just to kind of, I guess, mirror the part of what I had said that I did like about it as far as um, religion and like kind of uh, it being about bringing people together. The thing, one thing I, I really didn't like uh, is just like nothing like that there that wasn't a payoff or anything like that that didn't feel like it mattered at all and like you know when all said and done all things are tallied at the end like pazuzu or whatever demon this is i think we're meant to think is pazuzu because uh chris mcneil's like i've seen you before or whatever um but uh maybe i'm reading too much into that but anyways point is like the the demon didn't care about any of that like nothing nothing mattered it didn't none of the none of the specific religions mattered none of the like togetherness mattered like none of that mattered and um i'll say one element i i was so so they're all like trying to perform the exorcism and like it's not going super well and then like the catholic priest who wouldn't come in like walks in the door and like I, they they all have this like oh thank fuck moment like oh oh you know thank goodness he's here and like now we're all gonna be saved and uh, like I I really didn't like that um that moment and I'm glad that it didn't pay off I'm glad that he didn't do any better I you know I'm not glad that he died necessarily but like uh, I don't know it felt a little bit weird for them to like all kind of be like oh yeah well the the Catholic religion will take care of it now. Now the priest is here. And like, I felt like that undercut like all of their belief systems. And like, it was like, Oh, the, the real guns are here now. And like, I did, I didn't like that. They all re- re- reacted to him entering the room that way. Um, and f- especially for like the nurse's sake. Cause she was all like, well, I can do this. And, you know, the power of God flows through everybody. And like, this is what I'm meant to do. This is, I'm supposed to be here to do this. And, and then she, even her, like her reaction is just like, Oh good. Somebody who can actually control things now is here. And like, I don't know that all bothered me a lot. So I would say my main gripe with this film is that maybe it's because of the religious elements being so hard, but it just feels like everyone's dialogue, everyone, besides maybe Leslie Odom Jr. and the the two girls, it just feels like everybody else's dialogue is just so canned and so cliche, and it just doesn't feel like the way that real people talk. And that's probably my biggest gripe with it. Like, I don't think even real religious people talk like the people in this movie yeah and then like joe said i feel like uh especially in the scene of the exorcism it would have been better it would have been more compelling story if those people gathered together had to do the thing and that the actual religious priest guy just never showed up again i feel like um so that was kind of my my sort of gripe with it overall. Uh, but more than anything, it was just the dialogue. Everybody's dialogue was just really robotic. And I feel like um, whatever the actress's name is, Aunt Lydia from Handmaid's Tale, I feel like she 
she has so much more potential with like good dialogue and good uh good emotion at least in handmaid's tale and then her in this film just felt like a bad religious special <laughs> that's that's all i can say about it yeah i think that one of the things that bothered me the most about this film is that it feels very undercooked there's not much time spent with almost any of the characters for you to really get a sense of who anyone is other than two or three people and then there's all these ideas swimming around but you don't spend enough time with any of them to really flesh it out so i you end up with the situation where you're in that final exorcist sequence where they've all gathered together but it doesn't mean anything that these people have gathered together there's two girls that are possessed but the other girl and her entire family they don't matter you don't know who any of them are you don't know who the girl is you haven't spent any time with any of these people to care about them you've got the neighbor who again you haven't spent any time to care about him and I know that they want it to seem like a big deal and a big twist when the Catholic priest comes in and then fails, but he's barely been in the movie either, so it just feels like they don't give you enough time to connect with anybody or to connect with the overall themes of what they're presenting because they have too much to introduce. I think that it would have been beneficial for them to go ahead and not adopt this idea of more is better and just go ahead and pare down their cast. Like they should have cut it in half. There's, they didn't need the second possessed girl. They didn't need any of her family or her people. If they had been cut entirely out of the film and then it was just Victor and Angela and his couple neighbors and they could have just gone to the Catholic church and been denied and then cut any sequence of them coming back out and honestly, they could have and should have probably cut Chris McNeil out. As far as I understand it, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to get Ellen Burstyn back, so they had to write the script in such a way that her parts could be removed if necessary and still have the movie function, which left the film feeling like there really was no purpose for her being there. And they honestly just did that character dirty. They bring her back in and then gouge her eyes out. Like, it just felt like a lot of wasted potential all the way around. So I guess that's what it comes to, to me, is it felt like they wanted to go bigger on a bunch of things in order to make it work, when really I think if they had just focused on the idea of like, oh, there's different faiths and different belief systems and bringing people together, and that's the important factor. And if they'd focused it way down on just these three or four people and really gave them characters, then you would have ended up with an effective film. Because I don't think the concepts that we're dealing with are inherently bad. I think it just all comes down to execution. I couldn't agree more, Steve. Yeah, yeah that's agreed. That's that's where I'm at, too. And just, like, on the whole, like, Chris McNeil's character coming back just to get her eyes gouged out, like, that, that all really bothered me. And, like, it felt very apparent that they made it in a way that they could have cut her character out and like they wanted you to like 
it, it to matter that she was there or like you'd feel like it mattered, but then it just ultimately doesn't. I think it still would have, it's interesting to have her there. I think what I would have preferred is just to see her like have like Victor, like track her down, go to her, you know, house and just like have a talk about it and just like have them have a talk about it. But just Chris be like, I, I, I can't get in this fight. Like this isn't my fight and then there's no place for me there, but here's some advice and here's what you should do. And maybe, maybe she could point him in directions of some of the people that could help him. I, I don't know. I think that, and then just leave her to leave, leave her to her cottage and whatever. But I don't know. I guess that's not the, the like, Oh shoot moment that they wanted to go for, um, with her. But, uh, I just didn't, it didn't work for me at all. And I understand to a degree because there's this whole idea, right, of you need to have some sort of credibility. Why is this part of the Exorcist film series and not just another random film about exorcisms? So you have to tie it back to that first film or at least the first film series in some way. But I feel like it's a bit silly to sit there and say that why would they come back to Chris McNeil? Why are they treating her like she is the foremost expert if we're dealing in a universe where exorcisms do happen and there are other possession stories that have existed in this world. And so I guess I just don't, it didn't feel like she had anything to bring to the table either. Cause if they'd at least come to her and said, we need you to help us. And then she'd popped in and been like, listen, I have this whole, you know, figurative or perhaps literal handbag of tricks of all the things I've learned from various religions and concepts and here's all the other exorcisms that I've been involved with since then and all the things that I've studied since then like if she'd come to them with an arsenal of other information or experts to consider that might have been something but it was basically her popping in being like yeah I had this one experience and uh, I'm somehow for some reason convinced off of in my opinion almost no reason at all that this is the exact same demon like she pops in and is basically like you know who i am don't you i don't remember the exact line but it was basically like that and was kind of like what reason do you have to think that is there one demon in this whole world and it is the only demon that's out there possessing people why would you think it has anything to do with you and then of course it mentions her daughter by name and at that point if you want to drill down and say like oh okay you do know me then i guess that's fine but then how do you know it's not just another mind reading demon because even the demon in the first movie knew about father Karras's stuff without having to have been specifically engaged in killing his mom or anything like that so i i don't know it just it felt like an extremely forced connection and just really no reason i i don't want to belabor the point but that's what it comes to is at least as far as the legacy side of it it just didn't work for me but i that's all that you have to work with to connect it up to the other film. So I guess that's the problem is how do you say that this is part of the exorcist film series? How are we continuing that legacy without pulling characters back from it? When this is such a uh, generalized idea that any film can be like, Hey, we have an exorcism film and they do, there's plenty of them out there. So I guess that's the question I don't have a good answer for. If you don't have legacy characters to bring back, then how do you make this any different from any other exorcism film to say it's connected to the film series? So I guess what other thoughts do you guys have on, on things you didn't like about the film? I, like you said, I just feel like 
there was a little bit of wasted potential, um, especially like you said, Chris McNeil's character. It would it would be kind of like if the Halloween they brought Laurie Strode back only to just sit in a hospital for an entire film. Oh wait. <laughs> yep. Um like there's definitely a pattern <laughs> with these, you know? So that's something that I noticed. But yeah, overall I did I didn't think I know that I've been pretty critical about it. I didn't think it was a terrible film. Um probably there's a lot of people who don't like it, maybe who are big fans of the Exorcist uh, franchise, who maybe just didn't like the way that it was handled in terms of the franchise also. So maybe I'm being a little lighter on it for that reason. But I really did like Leslie Odom Jr.'s character a lot. And uh, it was also sort of interesting to learn, like, the deep dark secrets that people had. So I guess maybe where I'm going with is what I, what I think could have made this film better is if all the characters had more nuance to them. If there was more to the characters, maybe the one character that got kind of a lot of backstory was, uh, I should really just figure out what the actress's name is. Aunt Lydia from, Handmaid's Tale. Anne Dowd. So, like, Anne Dowd's story. I feel like she had an interesting kind of nuance to her story, but it was just given to us all real easily. Okay? It was just, this is it. So, I feel like the film was very surface level with everybody. Uh, It was just... Except for Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, who you find out at the end, kind of the twist ending, was that he, no, spoilers again, was that he chose to save his wife. So, that that was interesting, but basically nobody else was interesting. Yeah, there, I, I agree. It's, like I said, it's just, there were too many people, and most of them relied on just some they were paper thin. They were there to, for some reason, I guess, pad out the group of people that we're dealing with, but they just didn't give much of anything to do or character beats for anyone other than, uh, Anne and Victor and, and the daughter, everyone else is just set dressing. So I guess at this point, I'll at least say, so the Rotten Tomato scores for this one so far have been that uh, critically is 22% and audience at 59%. So audience obviously liked it a little bit better. I, I will say, I don't think that this is a terrible movie. I think it's like you said, it's by setting yourself up as an exorcist movie. And although it's not necessarily given to you specifically that the other stuff doesn't count in the film, the idea here is it's supposed to be a direct sequel to the original. So you're setting yourself up against that. You're basically saying you're going to watch the series, you're going to watch The Exorcist, and then you're going to watch The Exorcist Believer. And while it's maybe a perfectly fine movie and be a perfectly fine movie on its own if it had no connection, because you're forcing the comparison that makes this one look all the worse when it's it's fine, it's just not great, you know? Yeah, I think that's the... 
that's that's what, kind of what it is for me is like if it weren't called an exorcist uh, movie it would be it is it is a, just kind of a blah movie like i'm probably gonna forget a lot of the details about it in fairly short order and in a few years time i'll be like oh yeah i guess i did watch that one time i don't really uh, nothing about it really stands out to me i didn't really like anybody or anything like that and it just doesn't seem like there will be any nuance that's important for you to remember guy had his daughter possessed and the other family lost their daughter i will there be anything else to take away from it i don't know maybe and I guess that's the other thing about this, too, that's worth mentioning is that so Universal arranged with Blumhouse to create a trilogy of Exorcist films. So the next film is currently titled The Exorcist, The Deceiver, and it is even scheduled to be released on April 18th, 2025. So from what I understand, David Gordon Green had said that he had set up kind of a rough outline for what a trilogy of films would look like. But it's currently not clear how or if he'll be involved with the next installments. And also, of course, given the reception of this film, it's not clear if plans are going to change at all either. So at least in terms of Blumhouse and Universal, they were so sold on the idea that this was going to work. Like I said, they already have a title and a date scheduled for this next film. So I am curious, would you want to see more from this franchise uh, do you care that there's a sequel coming out? Do you have thoughts on what you'd like to see happen? I guess for me, if uh, one of the things we talked about it already, but one of the things I didn't like is just the way that like at the end of the day, when you're looking at the, the score at the end of this movie, like the demon just wiped the floor with everybody. The demon did whatever it wanted. Nothing really had that much effect. Like he, you know, the, some holy water got sprinkled on the girls and he kind of goes, blah, blah, blah. and then, but like, it doesn't matter. Like he still has complete control. Like they, they don't, they don't show anything working. Like everything they tried doesn't really work. And so I guess to, in answer to the question, what would I want to see? I think I would want to see a movie that like actually had some things that they figured out that do work and that, uh, I don't know how you navigate around that, around religions and, um, you know, what people think. And, you know, it's sort of like you have to end up taking a side on religions to be like, oh, well, this thing worked, um, so maybe they maybe that's why they can't get too fine a point on this or that working but that's what i would want to see i guess is you know just something that they actually do that is effective yeah i i would agree with that because i mean ultimately that's how i see this movie and maybe there's other interpretations out there but yeah i look at this movie as as they all lost the demon one. The demon did exactly what it wanted to do and it didn't leave until it had finished doing what it wanted to do. They didn't seem to really have anything to do other than just, they were doing all this fighting back, but it was all for naught in the end. So yeah, I guess if there's a sequel, I would want, I would want that too, is to see that they have a little bit more control, a little more agency, that they've learned something from this experience, I guess, in order to fight back. But part of me can't help but feel a little bit like if we're going to have things paid off later and basically this is all set up and it'll make sense why they did this in the second or the third film, 
then I feel like maybe you should have gone ahead and made yourself a TV series if that's what you wanted to do. Because if your movie can't stand alone, then it doesn't really work. You can't bank on, well, we'll get two more movies to explain what we were doing here. So I don't know. I guess all that's a little bit jumbled to say that, yeah, I, I guess I would want to see them actually have some real victories to be on the scoreboard. Cause right now they're just, you know, demon one, the <laughs> human zero is where it stands. Yeah. I feel like maybe David Gordon green doesn't have like a really good grasp on what people are looking for when they see a horror movie. Because uh, it just feels like when, in, especially in the Halloween movies and then in this, it feels like the the part where the movie is trying to connect with people on an emotional level or spiritual level just falls so flat in both this film and those films that... So maybe what I'd like to see in a sequel to this is just really go a, a much different direction and make it more about the horror and less about the religion and the bringing people together. <laughs> well, I don't know, because, I mean, that's fair. If that's what you want to see, that's perfectly valid. I guess I was just thinking to myself as terms of what I liked about the original Exorcist was all the character drama. Because I think at some point we we'll probably have to cover whether you know we think The Exorcist is a horror movie or not is probably a episode worth having, but it is so character focused, interpersonal drama focused that I that that is something that I liked about it that it feels like it's it's building tension through doing that. So I guess it's not fair to say that I, I think it's not horrific to include uh, more of those possession elements, but just to say that I, I think that's the thing that made the first film great is getting really into those characters and father Karras's struggle with faith in particular, which is something I feel like I can relate quite a bit to now and thinking of those various periods of my life. So I guess just that this movie lacked any of that. It does. I agree. Feel like maybe David Gordon Green didn't understand what people liked about the original movie. What made the original movie great? Yeah, that that's all I mean by that is that I would like to see very interesting interpersonal kind of kind of exchanges, and I do like that stuff in a movie. I just don't think this film or maybe David Gordon Green does that in an effective, interesting way. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely agree. All right, well, thank you for joining us for this bonus episode of Is It Horror? Or rather, Is It Horrible? So uh, our next episode is still going to be out on the 20th, which is going to be covering The World's End, as mentioned before in our Night of the Living Dead episode. And uh, we'll talk to you then. I have been Steve. I'm Joe. I'm Matt. Bye. Goodbye. The power of Spotify compels you to listen to our next episode. Thanks for joining us at Is It Horror? We post new episodes every other Friday. To stay up to date on all things Is It Horror, follow us on Instagram or X at Is It Horror Pod, or email us at Is It Horror Podcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, you can recommend us to a friend, follow and rate us on your podcast app of choice, or you can check out our store on Redbubble. In the meantime, stay safe and keep asking yourself, Is it?